Hi there, and welcome to the Engage MarTech podcast. Research shows the marketing function is playing an increasingly important role within the organization, as advances in marketing technology enable greater customer understanding and insight, allowing organizations to increasingly personalize and tailor their offering to ever more demanding and proactive customers. For over a decade, we've helped some of the world's biggest brands engage, understand, and consistently deliver on the expectations of their customers through our industry-leading conferences and online digital media. Find out more, visit engagemartech.com. Today, our podcast host, Rachel, is joined by Francesco Federico, Executive Director of Global Marketing at JLL. Over the past 15 plus years, Francesco has held several leadership positions as CMO and CDO at leading Fortune 200 companies across different industries and has lived and worked in Europe, Asia, and the US, building and motivating large, high-performing multinational teams. Delighted to welcome to stage um, Francesco Federico. He's the Executive Director of Global Marketing at JLL. Welcome, take a seat. We're gonna have a bit of a chat. And obviously if you guys want to ask questions, I think you just have to shout really loudly and wave. And I can't actually see very well either. So um, make a big fuss if you want to ask a question. Um, I guess it'd be good to talk a a little bit more about your role and the company you work at actually. I'm not altogether familiar with JLL. I don't know anyone else in the room is. So um, to kick off there in terms of what you do and, and what the company does, that'd be great. Yeah, yeah, I'd love to. First of all, uh, it's great to be here uh, and see all of you. Uh, so JLL, for those of you who don't know us, is a professional services firm specialised in real estate. We're a fairly large organisation, more than 100,000 employees globally, and we really do everything real estate, you know, you, from uh, helping uh, BlackRock, for instance, articulate co- complex financial deals, investing in real estate, down to literally cleaning the toilets of our clients. So it's really an end-to-end value chain. and. Uh, Marketing technology for us is really uh, something relatively new in, under this sort of label of MarTech in the sense that uh, it used to sit with IT and now we have uh, a year ago sort of created within marketing a marketing technology team that is responsible for the whole uh, technology stack that powers our sales and marketing activities. Oh, okay, oh that's interesting then in terms of that convergence. Just, I think perhaps just to kick off, it'd be really interesting to get your view on the role that MarTech can play in the modern marketing department. Where, where do you see that role? I think it's a, it's a big role. I think we have seen, we can all agree as marketeers that marketing has become increasingly technical. And I would say equally, our colleagues in IT, I'm sure they have realized how much they now need to be more commercially versed in the actual challenges, the market challenges. So there is almost a convergence of the CMO role and the CIO role. And I think that point of convergence is marketing technology. Um, it's super important because if you think about the customer journey, I mean, we are mostly a B2B uh, marketing uh, company, although uh, we also have some B2, pockets of B2C, but uh, even in B2B, you see uh, customers expecting a level of relevancy and personalization that you simply cannot achieve with the traditional manual segmentation and persona work. You need to add some element of automation or even more sophisticated AI-backed uh, marketing capabilities. And that's where marketing technology comes in because the marketing department at large usually is not up to speed, is not necessarily ready to wrap all the benefits of these technologies. And uh, you need that mediation point between, as I said, the more sort of traditional engineering and technology teams and uh, the marketing department. 
That, that's really interesting in terms of this convergence and um, who owns what. You know, do you, how has that worked within your organisation, and how how do you you know? I guess essentially you're looking to own the customer. Um, how do you create that level of accountability between the CIO, um, the CMO, um, and, and converge to do the best thing by the customer, essentially? Yeah, it's a good question. It's, it's very tricky, actually, because I always say, like, I report into the CMO, so I sort of have this mandate to push the marketing strategy agenda forward, but mm. I'm actually spending the CIO's money because at the end of the day, all these technologies, the budget comes from, 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 from the CIO pockets. And so it's, uh, sometimes it's a dichotomy that needs to be obviously uh, sort of effectively uh, orchestrated. It's not always easy. I think the, the main... Uh, the, the, the way we are trying to unlock it at JLL is to make sure that we have the same partnership that we have today between the CMO and the CIO at every level. So we don't have like the IT department separate from the product team or the marketing teams. We all work together. So if you take the example, for instance, of uh, something we did recently around conversational marketing, we created uh, what is, is known as a sort of a pizza team. So it was a very small group of like four people that were each representing the different key uh, sort of stake stakeholders in a project. So technology, marketing, sales, and product. Uh, and they all essentially had the same OKRs. They, have the same, they, they were measured against the same metrics. So there wasn't the technology metric separate from the marketing metric. And by creating that uh, sort of uh, shared communal intent and goal, we try to resolve all the uh, dichotomies and complexity. It, it, it isn't perfect because not everything can be resolved just to a pizza team of four people. You also, there are situations where you have more complex projects, but we're trying to find, to use these pilots and smaller initiatives as ways to demonstrate that uh, there is a better way uh, to work and collaborate across disciplines. So I guess creating measurable outcomes that both teams could buy into. Mm. It, are you able to give kind of an example of those kind of outcomes that you'd be working towards, how those converge? Yeah, for instance, the uh, example of conversational marketing. So last year, we really wanted to invest in our digital channels as a growth engine, as a demand generation engine, uh, which we didn't really do intentfully in the past. And we identified chatbots and uh, uh, sort of human-assisted uh, uh, online interactions as one of the things we wanted to try. So we started working with the partner to sort of uh, identify the markets and the opportunity. But historically, previously, what the way we would do it would be more like marketing deciding how we need a chatbot, uh, having all the conversations with the vendor. And then once everything was pretty much decided, call the colleagues in IT and say, hey, we found this vendor, we want to do this, make it happen. And that obviously created a lot of frictions and problems downstream. Mm -hmm. What we did this time around was actually to add, uh, engage with the market and the vendors as a group early on together. So you had marketing, you had sales, you had, you had IT all together having the conversation with the vendor. Uh, and then together we deployed the solution, we agreed on the metrics, we measured, and as a group we kept on iterating. So we first launched this in the UK and France, then we expanded it to the US, and everything was done as a group. And uh, we were very much looking at metrics in terms of, for instance, uh, uh, new leads, uh, quality of inquiries, uh, the, and, and ultimately uh, deals generated. Uh. Yeah, okay. So that, that really does echo that kind of the conversation we just heard in terms of that stakeholder management and bringing mm. everyone in, um, which I think, you know, considering the human element that sits behind MarTech is obviously really important, which you've just spoken to. Um, 
And I, I guess when you're looking at the role change management plays in kind of successful digital transformation, do you feel this kind of collaboration between the um, CIO and the CMO is kind of the fundamental piece that makes that happen? Or do you think, you know, it's the MarTech that but it makes it happen by itself. It's perhaps an obvious question, isn't it? It's both coming together. But it'd be good for you to talk through how that happens to, to really drive success. Yeah, I mean, I, I think, uh, as, as, as I think many say, the biggest challenge with these initiatives really lies with change management and people and that the way you sort of drive uh, the change in processes and in general in people operation across the organization. Uh, the technology bit, in my experience, tends to be the easier part. So, for instance, back to this example of conversational marketing, the, the biggest resistance did not come from the attrition between uh, marketing and IT, but it was more an internal affair within the broader marketing uh, family where we weren't necessarily well connected with sales. So the problem was that we were passing on leads that then were not effectively qualified or were not the right kind of leads and the sales were not acting on those leads or were not giving us the feedback about the quality of those leads. So the technology was there. I always made this example, like we had this sort of shiny Ferrari in the garage. We bought this you know, cutting edge technology. Uh, the tank is full because we have lots of data, etc. But then uh, it's like we have two drivers trying to pull the steering wheel in opposite directions. And that was more between sales and marketing rather than, than IT. And, uh, and again, this was solved by working piece by piece by identifying sort of smaller use cases. So rather than trying to solve lead management for the entirety of the UK market, uh, which encompasses more than 50 business lines doing very different things, we started from smaller business lines. Uh, where there was a lot of enthusiasm and uh, uh, optimism about what the digital channel could bring from a growth perspective. And then once we demonstrated with them that digital actually worked and the website was indeed a growth, for en a growth engine, then we started uh, in, uh, expanding to maybe less enthusiastic uh, business lines. <laughs> okay. Uh, and we, we talked about the kind of importance of setting measurable outcomes, and it's something we'll come on to later in the day, actually. We've got a presentation later that's going to talk about the importance of measurement and, and measuring the right things. Um, because one of the... Uh, well, yeah, well, it's not always the case, but within MarTech, you have access to so many data points, it becomes tempting to measure everything. Um, some which, and you'll perhaps hear later, could be called vanity metrics, which perhaps don't really matter too much to the growth of the business, and some of the kind of more hardcore business metrics. How do you channel everyone to focus in on the right metrics? It is a challenge, to be honest, because I think now, obviously, the expectation for many years now has been to measure everything. Since we can measure everything, digital marketing is measurable uh, by definition. Uh, there is now a tendency to essentially measure everything, have dashboards for everything. And uh, I think the challenge we have, especially in a large organization like ours, is to really cut through the noise and identify those metrics that are really relevant. So how we do it, again, it's a mixed answer, depending on the business lines, depending on the challenges. What we really try to tell our people in the business and in marketing is to really focus on metrics that uh, give a clear 
understanding of how the outcome uh, is, 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 is being driven. So uh, obviously avoiding vanity metrics, but also avoiding maybe metrics that are not necessarily vanity, but they don't really move the needle, you know, they don't really impact uh, in the case of growth, for instance, top line revenue, or in case of bottom line initiatives, they don't really impact on efficiency. So really try to focus on those top three maximum four metrics that can really make a difference uh, in the outcome that you want to drive. Uh, but And also one other thing that we try to establish across the organization is to try to all look at the same metrics. So within the context of one project, making sure that from the CEO down to the analyst, everybody is measuring that particular initiative with the same success metrics. Because sometimes what we found was that uh, the, the project team was looking at success in a different way and the board or the CEO was looking at, at it. So if, for instance, efficiency is so important uh, to the CEO for a particular initiative, then also the project team should be very much looking at those efficiency metrics. Uh, so for, for us, it has really been uh, about trying to drive alignment across all levels and really be nimble and focus on just a few metrics that really matter, even if we know we could measure like 20, 30 different metrics. Yeah, exactly. And, and then I guess translating those, obviously, if the board and level positions are driving certain metrics and ensuring that, that those marketing metrics are then presented back in the language of the board. So I think it's something we're often talking about is how, how you translate the CMO language into the CFO language, um, particularly in these current times when things are being cut and marketing is always the easiest one to cut, isn't it? So yeah. I, I think that's, I don't know if that's something you, you've experienced and how, and how you kind of translate that to something that really does gain resonance at board level. Yeah, this is very true. And actually, this is one of the things where I think a lot of MarTech technology can actually help because uh, there are lots of platforms now that enable us to collate all data in one place and then create different vistas, different dashboards, depending on who you are, depending on your role. So it's sort of your role-based uh, uh, sort of visual data visualization that uh, it provides a very granular view, for instance, to product managers, but then you equally have a, a very intelligible, lightweight uh, uh, dashboard for the CEO to consume. Mm -hmm. uh, so we try to do that, again, looking at the same metric, but maybe with a different level of granularity, different level of geography, uh, using technologies that allow us to do that uh, scaling rather than replicating every time. I remember when I started in 2016, we used to do this with Google Data Studio. It was great, very interactive, but incredibly uh, sort of um, very intense from a, from a people perspective. Now we are trying to automate this more and more. Yeah. yeah. Um, obviously, the title of the presentation was the do's and don'ts of, of MarTech. And I think so in the, in the final few minutes, it'd be great for you it's given me instructions to say quick fire. I feel like I should be putting pressure on you to pound out the do's and don'ts, but it'd be great to kind of sum up in, in your learnings for, for the audience to take away kind of some key learnings that you think when working with MarTech, you know, what, what should we be doing or not doing? Well, in terms of don'ts, I would definitely say, and I know I, I come from marketing, so I, I used to be probably one of the culprits here, but uh, not, not to create shadow IT structures or not, not to try to do the, 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 the IT team's job, no? And because there is a temptation, especially there is a lot of easy to use MarTech, and the temptation is to just you know, cherry pick, take, uh, and then uh, once it becomes too big to manage, uh, you sort of call the IT department. That doesn't really work very well, doesn't generate trust. So definitely work in partnership early on. Uh, and uh, to, to, the, to, to what I think you should do is really partnering deeply 
uh, with, uh, with, the, with the IT team. Uh, another don't is uh, to uh, forget integrating uh, with the uh, sort of what, what is the backbone of the marketing technology stack. I think uh, the ideal solution is to probably have a mix of uh, best-in-class uh, investments that really represent the backbone of your technology capability. And then on top of it, you have sort of smaller players that complement some use cases, but it has to be integrated. It should not be done in isolation. I remember during the pandemic, we tend to do a lot of isolated things because we were trying stuff, we were obviously isolated, we had to react to a different customer journey, and we ended up buying like five different video conferencing tools or you know, five different chatbots capabilities, and uh, I spent most of 2022 really sort of consolidating all of that. So it's really making sure it's all integrated because otherwise you're losing the, the value of, of, of these technologies. Great. Well, thank you so much, Francesco. That's been really insightful. Um, yeah, it's really, thank you, Francesco. Thank you. Thank you for having me.